Trapcast Express. Tratcast Express, it's Friday, May 29th, 2020. Boy, the news stories just keep coming. Here's one from today's edition of the Catholic Herald. Quote, Pope Francis will take part in an online service with the Anglican Archbishops of Canterbury and York on the Feast of Pentecost, the Church of England has announced. The Pope will deliver a message in which he calls on Christians to become messengers of the comfort bestowed by the Spirit and become more deeply united as witnesses of mercy for the human family so severely tested in these days. Pope Francis will say that the world is experiencing a tragic famine of hope amid the coronavirus outbreak and will call on Christians to turn away from the selfish pursuit of success without caring for those left behind and to be united in facing the pandemics of the virus and of hunger, war, contempt for life, and indifference to others, unquote. In other words, it's just going to be the usual jazz, since he really has nothing substantial to say, and certainly nothing that we haven't been hearing from him day and night for the last seven years. He's just going to repeat his usual bromides about selfishness, indifference, assisting the most vulnerable, etc., which we might just as well hear from the Dalai Lama. And then he'll throw a few references to the spirit in there just to make it sound like Pentecost. And then by joining these Anglicans and treating them as equals, Francis will actually give credence to the false religion of the Church of England, which St. Thomas More preferred to have his head cut off rather than to recognize as legit, and pretend that their clergy are valid and have a mission from the Holy Ghost, and that their adherents are true Christians. And by doing that, Francis will further confirm them in their errors and promote the proposition condemned by Pope Pius IX in 1864 in the Syllabus of Errors, namely, that good hope, at least, is to be entertained concerning the salvation of non-Catholics. And of course, such an ecumenical initiative, which is always justified on the grounds that all Christians, so-called, must be united in a common witness against an unbelieving world, such an initiative runs directly counter to Pope Pius XI's encyclical against ecumenism, Mortalium Animos. Quote, Controversies, therefore, they say, and long-standing differences of opinion, which keep asunder till the present day the members of the Christian family, must be entirely put aside, and from the remaining doctrines a common form of faith drawn up and proposed for belief, and in the profession of which all may not only know but feel that they are brothers. The manifold churches or communities, if united in some kind of universal federation, would then be in a position to oppose strongly and with success the progress of irreligion." Unquote. And that was Pius XI describing the position of the ecumenists, which he then goes on to condemn, saying that to support this line of thought and, and initiatives like that would be, quote, giving countenance to a false Christianity quite alien to the one church of Christ, unquote. And, of course, that is essentially what is going on with Vatican II ecumenism. I say essentially because it's not the same in every respect, but it is by and large. 
And wouldn't you know it, the article from the Catholic Herald ends with the following words, quote, The service will conclude with the premiere of a special version of the Protestant hymn Amazing Grace, unquote. See, that's what I'm talking about. Next, the so-called Catholic News Agency released a news piece yesterday for which we will only quote the headline, and that will say more than enough. The headline is this, quote, German bishop quits synodal forum endorsing polyvalent sexuality, unquote. Let me read that again. German bishop quits synodal forum endorsing polyvalent sexuality. Yeah, that is what is currently being discussed in that synodal way that the apostate German wing of the Vatican II sect is engaging in at present, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. At least one of uh, the Novus Ordo bishops there decided to quit that. On Saturday, Pope Francis will be praying a rosary to implore Mary's intercession and protection amid the pandemic writes Ines San Martin at Crux today. And uh, yeah, that is a typical Francis. Days after praying to the God of all religions, it's time again to put on the face of a Catholic Marian devotion for him. Does anybody still fall for this stuff or what? Remember, on May 3rd, Francis said the following after the Regina Celi. Quote, as prayer is a universal value, I have accepted the proposal of the Higher Committee of Human Fraternity so that next May 14th, believers of all religions unite spiritually in a day of prayer and fasting and works of charity to implore God to help humanity overcome the coronavirus pandemic. Remember, May 14th, all believers together, believers of different traditions, to pray, fast, and do works of charity, unquote. So don't let yourselves be fooled by Francis praying the rosary tomorrow. It's just public relations stuff. To put a Catholic face on his so many manifestly non-Catholic actions, beliefs, and teachings. It's to keep you in the game, to keep you hanging on, thinking, oh look, maybe he's a Catholic after all. He's praying the rosary. But that's not how it works. Occasional public acts of Catholic devotion don't erase constant acts of heresy and blasphemy. And speaking of heresy and blasphemy, today, May 29th, the Novus Ordo Church now celebrates the memorial of so-called Saint Paul VI. He is essentially the founder of the Novus Ordo religion, and of course, every false religion has to canonize its founder, right? And of course, the precursor, the one who laid the groundwork for it all and anticipated the new religion, so to speak, the false Pope John XXIII, is canonized as well. And both of them, we unhappily recall, by Francis. Why do I bring up Paul VI? Because it's a great opportunity to remember how he died. On August 6, 1978, he was called to judgment and as he was lying in bed, surrounded by his entourage, there was a Novus Ordo Mass being celebrated near him. Yes, the very Novus Ordo rite that he instituted. And here's how his biographer, Peter Heblethwaite, recounts what happened. Quote, 
As mass ends, Paul has a massive heart attack. It is as though he had exploded from within. McGee, and uh, that's Father John McGee, his private secretary, McGee thinks he would have been thrown out of bed had his hand not been held, unquote. That's uh, from the biography Paul VI, the First Modern Pope, page 710. But there's more. On August 10th, Paul VI's body was transported from Castel Gandolfo, where he had died, to the Vatican to be put on display at St. Peter's Basilica. And here's how that happened. This is from Time magazine, August 21st, 1978. Quote, With the Pope garbed in a red chasuble, slippers and gloves, and a golden white mitre on his head, some 60,000 mourners filed past his body. Then, with more than 5,000 soldiers and police standing guard against Italy's unpredictable terrorists, a hearse drove the body along the 15-mile route to St. Peter's. For a time, the body was sealed in its casket, but when cardinals arriving in Rome voiced disappointment, it was again put on view in front of the high altar, where only the Pope or his delegate may say Mass. The body had to be injected with more formaldehyde because it was already decomposing in the late summer heat, unquote. Yep, that's why we call him Formaldehyde Paul here. In fact, when you look at photos of his body lying in state in St. Peter's Basilica, you can see a big fan placed in front to get the smell to at least blow in the opposite direction and not towards the people. And most interestingly of all, you can even see that his skin was turning dark, a greenish kind of dark. And you can look that up online, don't just take my word for it. Uh, do an internet search and look for Paul VI lying in state August 1978. And last but not least, I want to make you aware of a blasphemy published by Michael Matt at The Remnant on May 15th. In his blog post, Francis, Vicar of the Higher Committee of Human Fraternity, Matt offered the typical criticism of the man he says is Pope, insofar as it even matters to him, uh, but then confirming once more that Catholic theology isn't his thing, he ended the piece with, quote, Come, Holy Ghost, bring on the next conclave, and this time we beseech you, do not let the demons bar you from the Sistine, unquote. Tradcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate.